Uh, I don't know if you've noticed uh, over the last three months since I've been here, uh, I'm a sports fan. <laughs> uh, it seems like every week I got another sporting analogy or I'm like sports center uh, when we start mass that I give an update on pretty much any game that's going on. Um, I, I've, always, I've always been attracted to sports, I've always enjoyed sports. Um, one thing that I've noticed with sports though, uh, every, every so often is uh, the amount that fans buy into the team. Uh, when I was a student at LSU, I remember uh, I felt like the crazier and louder I was in the stands, some way that would make the team play better, right? Like I knew that my, me being louder and louder in the stands whenever the defense was on the field or whenever something was going on, that for some way that was going to make them play better and we had a better chance of winning, right? I was invested in them doing well. Uh, if you're wondering what that looks like, just watch at 7.20 tonight when the Saints are playing the Cowboys, um, and you're going to see a whole stadium full of people that believe that if I'm louder, we're going to finally, we're going to beat the Cowboys who, like, haven't played anybody yet, right? Like, so, like, there's an excitement around being a fan and being at a game and being loud because I buy into my team. In reality, me screaming in the stands has nothing to do with the quality and like the scheme and everything else about the game, right? Sure, we can get excited and like get people pumped up and they might play a little bit better, but I don't think it, it has as big of an effect on the game as like good coaching, fundamentals, right? But for some reason we associate with the team to the point that like, like me being in the stands, when, we have a, when I have a conversation with my friends or I start arguing like online about LSU football or the Saints or something like that, what happens? I get to use the word we. We won the Super Bowl in 2009, right? Like, what? Like, I don't have a ring, but we won the Super Bowl in 2009. Amen? We won the Super Bowl. If you're wondering, like, remember, think of Mardi Gras that year. Like, Everyone, it was purple, it was purple, green, and gold, or black and gold. Like that was the colors because the city of New Orleans won the Super Bowl. Not the 53 men on the team. We won the Super Bowl, right? As a, uh, as a seminarian, I remember like we, we not only did I watch sports, but also played a little bit of sports, and we played flag football in the seminary. Um, and I remember we, we, we were playing flag football in a little league on the North Shore, and uh, we, we got our team together. And if you look at the team, one of the players on the team didn't look like the rest. Everybody on the team like played soccer, ran cross country, they were all fit, they were all athletic, and then you had me, <laughs> who's not those things. Like I played sports, I played baseball because you sit down half the game and you get to eat the whole game, right? Like sunflower seeds and sitting, like I, it was awesome. Like I, I remember sitting there and thinking like we were pretty good, but I remember taking credit for everything the team did, even though I was the fat kid at the end of the bench, right? Like, I remember taking credit though and associating with the team and saying, we did this. Even though my, my contribution might not have been the biggest <laughs> on the team, right? Now, why do, I, why do I bring these up? I think today we, we have this same kind of, uh, we, wanna, we wanna bask in the glory of the team sometimes even though we may not do our part. The church, right, there's three main things that the church is responsible for. 
in the world around us. Evangelization, so spreading the gospel. Worship of God, right? Coming before God and offering him due worship. And care for the poor. Now sometimes we can take, just like with sports, we can buy in and think that we're doing the part of the team, but am I really pulling my weight? Evangelization, for example. The church was founded through evangelization. Twelve men, twelve people that were chosen by Jesus, by Jesus Christ himself, empowered by the Holy Spirit, were sent out to the corners of the world and built small communities that turned into bigger communities that turned into bigger communities, and now is the billions of Catholics that we have in the world today. It's evangelization. But that's the team. When was the last time, and I asked asked this to myself, like when was the last time that I shared the name of Jesus and walked with somebody through their stuff? When was the last time I shared the faith and walked with somebody personally through their stuff? Because I can bask in the glory of the team, but do I pull my own weight? Worship of God. The sacramental life of the church. We know that God comes to meet man in the sacramental life of the church. We know that the baptism we're going to have after Mass today, that God is going to work a beautiful sacrament in that person's life, in that child's life. Wipe away original sin. Open this child up to receive divine grace. We know that the Mass we come to celebrate today, that God steps down from heaven to here to meet you and I in a powerful moment. We know that in the confessional, God meets his, his, his person, his son, his daughter, in that wonderful sacrament of mercy, and shares it. We know that through the sacramental life of the church, that worship of God is real, and it exists. But personally, I, I, I'll be honest, it, sometimes it's a struggle to find time to pray. But I can bask in the glory and I can bask in the the success of the team, the activity of the team. But do I always pull my weight? Care for the poor. The Catholic Church, on a daily basis, educates, gives health care to, and feeds more people than any other organization in the world. Catholic Church is responsible for health care, feeding, and, and educating more people in the world than any other organization. But that's the, that's the honor of the team. When's the last time I made myself uncomfortable to help another? Sometimes we can, we can take a little bit too much glory and the success of the team and not pay attention to how much of my own weight am I pulling. Today's gospel, I think one of, the, one of the things that's uncomfortable about today's gospel, one of the things that sometimes is uncomfortable about this gospel of the rich man and Lazarus is that quite honestly, we are afraid to be the rich man. 
We are afraid that at the end of our life, when we die, that when, when it's time for us to come face to face with God, come face to face with our maker, that we're going to be told, go to the torment of the flames and not to the bosom of Abraham. And that could be a scary, hard space to be. We're brought face to face today with the reality that that's a possibility that I might not be at the bosom of Abraham. And sometimes I think it's because we can glory a little, we can feel a little bit too good about the team and not about how I'm doing. When I, was, uh, when I was in the seminary, every year they would give you a pastoral assignment. So you would do random, you would do all kinds of different things. Um, some, some, you know, like one year you might go teach CCD at a local church. One year you might go volunteer at a parish. One year they would ask you to go to a soup kitchen or something else. Uh, one year, I remember, I was asked that I would be part of a social outreach program down in the French Quarter of New Orleans. So I was, okay, great. Now, the idea was is that we would go and we would help out the homeless people in the French Quarter. Now, I remember as a kid, as a younger person, going and like spending a day with my family in the French Quarter and thinking, man, there ain't that many homeless people. Like, I, we would go to Cafe Du Monde, and we would go to like the cathedral, we'd walk around Jackson Square, be on the river walk a little bit, and I remember thinking, man, there ain't that many homeless people, it ain't that big of a deal. Until I went into the program and I was in, we were intentional about looking for the people who needed help. We were very intentional about, as we were walking on the street, paying attention to those who actually needed help. Well, all of a sudden, the, the person that was sitting there with the little cardboard sign looked a little bit less like the fire hydrant and looked a little bit more like a person. Person who was sitting there with a dog and a little styrofoam cup that said, Help, please, looked a little bit less like the garbage bag behind the restaurant and a little bit more like a person. And I remember all of a sudden, it was like, it was like scales fell from my eyes that there was a lot of homeless people. There was a lot of people that were in need. There were a lot of people that we were, we were able to help. And we did our different work. The reality is, though, I think for us, sometimes we miss the homeless person. Sometimes we miss the person that's in need because we're either too busy to notice or we're too unaware to really care. We're either too busy to notice or we're too unaware to care. Today in our gospel, this rich man, it doesn't say that this rich man was evil. It doesn't say that this rich man was bad. It doesn't say that this rich man was dishonest or uncharitable or anything like that. The rich man was just rich. He wore the finest robes. He wore the finest, he wore the finest clothing. In our world, he wore an Amani suit. He ate sumptuously each day. He ate a really good meal each day. He ate well. He ate the finest restaurants in our day. And it wasn't that he... It wasn't that he would ignore or was mean to Lazarus. I honestly believe that this man probably was just a little bit too busy to notice or he was too unaware to really care. In our life, do we fall into those categories? 
in our life, when it comes to reaching out to the poor, to the downtrodden, to those who need us the most, are we too busy to notice? Or are we too unaware to care? The reality is, is that today we have more devices that are supposed to save time, more things that are supposed to save time, and it seems like every day we got less and less time to do the things we need to do. The reality is, is that today all of us are living at a clip that's a little bit inhuman. <laughs> we're living at a pace that's a little bit too fast. We're trying to do almost too much. How often in our life do we hit the pause button and pay attention to the people around us? Because it's really easy to pass by the bum on the street. It's really easy to pass by the homeless person, the little cup, the little sign, whatever. It's really easy to fly past them when we're busy. How often do we let our life be interrupted by someone who needs our help? In the same way, how often do we, and I put myself in this as well, how often do we let ourselves be moved to the point of being aware of somebody else's situation? How often does our heart break for another person? How often do we pay attention to another person's situation to the point that my heart breaks that I might actually shed a tear for them? Or are we too unaware to really care? See, I don't believe that the, the rich man was an evil guy. I don't think that he was, he was trying to be dishonest or disloyal or, or, or hold anybody down, push anybody away. I really think he was a victim of circumstance. That his priorities might have been off just a little bit, that he was probably a little bit too busy to really notice or too unaware to care. For us, just like the rich man, I don't think, if you really want to know, I don't think we have to go very, very far to find someone who needs us. I don't think we have to go far at all to find someone who needs us generally. Rich man had to open his door, and every day he would see Lazarus. And if he wasn't too busy to notice or too unaware to care, he could have helped Lazarus with what he needed. I got a feeling that most of us, we don't have to go very far to see that opportunity, to find that opportunity, to seek it out, to actually engage in it. I got a feeling that most of us, probably under our own roof, have somebody that needs us, has somebody who's struggling, has somebody who's hurting. And if it's not under your roof, it's probably in your family or a neighbor. Are we too busy to notice? Or are we too unaware to care? The other thing I think is the, the, the cure in a lot of ways to this problem. I know we're talking about a rich man and a poor man, and a lot of times that can mean money. But one commodity that I think in our world today that's more valuable than money, I've already touched on, is our time. We all have the same amount of it, but how do we utilize it? Where do we invest it? I think where we invest our time says more to us about who we are and what we honor more than anything. How much time do we give to those around us that need us? How much time do we give to those around us that, that need someone just to be with them? Just to listen to them? Just to help them? Are we, are we taking credit 
for the team and not investing in it in ourselves? Are we, not, are we taking personal responsibility for exactly how we reach out to those who need us? Or are we expecting someone else to do it? Today's gospel is all about generosity. Today, this Sunday is all about generosity. It's all about giving. What can I give to those who need me? And the biggest thing to get out of the way is that I can't, if I'm going to give, if I'm going to have a generous heart, I can't be too busy to notice or too unaware to care. God continues to be generous with each of us, with his mercy, with his love, with himself. May we mirror that to the rest of the world. May we as Christians not take credit for the activity of the church. May we not take credit for the team. May we we be personally responsible and be generous to the point that we're not too busy to notice or too unaware to care. Amen.